such a marvelous time. So we're starting a new series about money. And uh, there's uh, a lot of um, things I believe is going to be a blessing to all of us. So this is my um, challenge to you to make sure that you hear every single message because if you just take one message, you won't get the whole picture. It's kind of like a puzzle. And so you really need to make sure you come every Sunday and hear every message about money because I just know that um, there's some things that the church maybe has been taught that may not be super correct about money. And so uh, I believe that uh, we're all going to learn some things about money. Amen. Today is better than fine. Better than fine. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is our scripture for the year. It says this, that trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not into your own understanding and all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I got this statistic a few years ago and I can't remember where I got it because I know some people go, well, where did you get that? I don't know. But this is the wealth of the world, the whole world. The wealth of the world. If you took all of the gold, the silver, the diamonds, all of the oil that's still even in the world, inside the planet, I mean, all of the timber, all of the fish, all of the resources that are on this planet or in this planet, they said it would add up to one decillion dollars. I went to math and I never, or took all kinds of math courses. I majored in math and I... Never heard of that number, one decillion, so I had to look it up. It's a number with 33 zeros. Now, let me just put this in perspective. That's the wealth of the world. So when people say there's a shortage of money, (laughs) liar, liar, pans on fire. Listen to this. If you divide that number, one decillion, I did this by 7.5 billion. I think it's 7.8, but I did it because it's easier. 7.5 billion people, and you divide that, it equals to 133 sextillion dollars for every person on the planet. That is a number. It's 133 with 21 zeros behind it. It's called perspective, getting things perspective. So in this series, we're going to be talking about a lot of spiritual things concerning money, but we're also going to be talking about practical things. I'm going to be talking about investments toward um, one of the sessions. We're going to be talking about investing money. And so we're going to try to do all kinds of things. But this is the thing with our journey with God. All of us are at different levels. You know, as far as having a revelation or knowledge of the Word of God or who who even God is. We're at different levels, all right? And one of my jobs as a pastor is to explain and teach to the best of what God reveals to me what is available for all of us, which would be, let's just say it's to the ceiling, but in reality, it's unlimited. It's unlimited. In my walk with God, you know, I mean, there's certain people that have zero to 
the negative when it comes about healing about God. There's a lot of people, like Melody said, that believe that God makes them sick. So uh, that's one level that's really low. But then there's other levels where, you know what, I believe that God doesn't make me sick. And then there's even more levels and more levels and more revelation, more, and it keeps going up and up and up. Faith begins where you know the will of God is. So if you don't believe that God wants you well, then you're going to be stuck at a certain level in your walk with God. Don't get me wrong. You're st- God's still going to love you. We're still going to love you. You know, don't anybody feel condemned because well, I don't believe all that healing stuff. That's all right. You won't have to worry about it. Won't come. It ain't going to slap you upside the head. Well, it's that way. You know, I feel like there's two major problems that are on this planet. Health and financial. So isn't it pretty crazy that we think God wants to keep both of those from us when that's on this earth, two of the biggest needs that mankind has. You know, it's okay to say amen in this church. I don't know if I've ever said that before, but it's, it's really fine. I mean, I don't get offended over that. But faith begins. So we all are on different walks. And so this is why I want to make sure that you hear all the series when it comes about money because you think, ah, man, I, didn't, I don't know about that. First of all, you just got to be teachable. What I'm teaching is things that I did not know even a few years ago. Even a few years ago when it, came, when it comes to money. And uh, so there's different levels. Like I said, there's some people who think that I don't believe it's God's will for you, me to prosper or to have an abundance. That's okay. You probably won't have to worry about it. But I'm teaching you that there isn't an abundance and that God does want you to prosper. Now, if you know that that's what's available, even though you may be down here, at least it should spark something inside of you. Go, bless God, honey, we're going to go on a journey, and that's our destination. We're going to have an abundance. And I'm going to teach you why God wants you to have an abundance. Amen? So this is going to be a good series. It is. The vision of this church, you know, I don't probably talk about it enough. It's on that wall of there's, there's three pictures. There's three things. We want a bigger building. We want to eventually build a, a center for uh, the city of Pueblo that's going to be for youth. But it's going to be so fantastic and so out of the box that people from Denver will say, we need to go to Pueblo to go see that building. And then we want to build uh, or finance. They're actually started building a college in the Congo and uh, it'll be the first of its kind. And so we want to do that. But how many know that those three things takes more money than what everybody here can supply? If I had to guess, I would say if, to get into a new building, the kind that I want to get into, it'd be $10 million. To build a youth center, it'd be anywhere from 30 to $50 million. And then to build a college in the Congo, it'd probably be 10 to $12 million. So if you add those up, anybody got that much? Okay, so it's going to take something. It's going to take a supernatural act of God to get that fulfilled. But how many know it does take money to do that? I mean, I can just preach to my turn blue. And I'm going to tell you, there are contractors and people aren't just going to go, oh, yeah, we'll do that. They're going to want to get paid. They're going to want to get paid. And so our testimony, uh, 
some of you know this, but I know we've gotten a lot of new people. You know, we were missionaries in Africa, and the Lord called us to Pueblo, Colorado, specifically to Pueblo. We left Africa with $3,000 in our pocket, $3,000 to our name. And you may say, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, but we had no car, no house, no place to live, and no furniture, nothing else. Just the clothes that we brought back from Africa and $3,000. So we got to Louisville, Kentucky, my hometown. And my brother-in-law said, uh, you know, I told him I need to get a car. We didn't tell anybody our financial business. And so he says, well, I'm getting a new car or a newer car. And he says, I'm going to sell you this. He had a Cutlass, and he sold us that car for $1,500. So that was half of our money. So we had a way to get to Pueblo from Louisville, Kentucky. But the, it was in the summertime. This was in 1993. We were on our way, and so we stopped at Tulsa, Oklahoma. Brother Hagen was having a, a big camp meeting that he had every year. And so we felt, you know what, we should get here and just get charged up and encouraged. And so we went to that camp meeting for uh, a whole week. So on this special day, he said, uh, we're going to take up a special offering for Ramah. And so... He, he said, there, just pray and ask God, you know, what to give. And there's only been a handful of times in my life that God says, I want you to give this amount. Generally, it's just, I give because I want to give. And we'll talk about that too. But uh, so I was just praying, you know, and just, and this figure just popped up inside of my head. $500. I've got 1500 That's 500 bucks of the 1500 <laughs> and I thought, well, that ain't God. That cannot be God. But let me just say this. You, do you think the devil would just really say, I want you to give this amount to, to the kingdom of God? No, he would not. Just so. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was, <laughs> I was going to test the waters because I thought, well, I know Melody. She's not going to want to give that. And so... Uh, I leaned over to her and I said, hey, babe, did the Lord say anything to you about giving a certain amount? And she said, actually, he did. And I thought, okay, good. What, what was it? $500. And I went, okay. That's what he told me. I'm just making sure I was hearing right. I was hoping I was hearing wrong. So we had $1,000 left to get to Pueblo, Colorado, to get established and everything. So we stopped off, and, and I didn't know it, but Melody has relatives in Rocky Ford. So we stopped off there, and I'm telling you what, God supernaturally provided for us. Uh, he got me doing things for him, and we got money, and it was just amazing. And then uh, we started the church here in Pueblo, and... Um, all of my life, I've been provided for. All of my life, I have been provided for. God has made me a testimony. I've never had to beg for money, never had to ask for money, never had to go on welfare, never had to do anything. And I'm not, if you've had to do that, thank God that you could do it. But I'm just saying the Lord has just blessed me inside and out when it comes to providing for me. And so uh, all of my life, I just was thankful that God has been providing for me, but the Lord said, there is something much higher than what you've experienced. In 2014, 
there was a few ministers that I had a relationship with that uh, they were getting up in their age, you know, in the 80s, and, and uh, they basically, now this is sad, but this is true, they couldn't quit preaching because they didn't have any social security, they didn't have any means of provision. And man, it just broke my heart. And then, I mean, the Lord spoke to me and he said, that's not me. That's not my will for any of my children, much less ministers. He said, there should be never a time in anybody's life where it's like that. And I'm thankful that there's parents that can go and live back with their children. I'm thankful for that. But that ain't never going to happen to me and my wife. I love my kids. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But I ain't going to do that. And the Lord started dealing with me back in 2014. And I got a phone call from a friend of mine up in Denver. And um, I'm telling you, God, he connects things. He connects things. And when you start having a greater revelation, <laughs> he'll start opening doors for you. And so I went to Denver, and he started talking to me uh, about real estate. And so I got involved, and there's a couple in this church that was involved in real estate who I will not give you their names because I don't want you bugging them. But they tremendously helped me, and with the knowledge that I got from Billy Wayne, I just, things started clicking, and so I began to begin to purchase real estate. All of my life as a pastor at that time, I lived from pay, my family, we lived paycheck to paycheck. In other words, we have just enough, and right before I got paid, we, we needed a paycheck to make it. And uh, so the church has blessed us. We've always been given a paycheck since day one. Our pay is set by a board, and they take good care of us, and so we've always been taken good care of. But at the same time, that was in 2014. I think since now, my pay has increased about $62 a, uh, a week since then. So it wasn't my pay that really, 2015, I quit living paycheck to paycheck. I had a surplus. I had an abundance. And it started back then. And the Lord said to me specifically, he says, I want all of my children to have an abundance so they can be a blessing. When I want to bless somebody, there's a source. I'm telling you, you get a hold of this. You'll get happy. I heard one guy say one time, he says, I've been rich, I've been poor. He said, rich is better. But you have to get religious about it to think otherwise. Are you teachable today? Are you teachable today? This is what I know. And I'm thankful for this. You know, in Kentucky, there's a saying that if you ever see a turtle sitting on a fence post, he had help. <laughs> okay, maybe this section didn't hear it. If you ever see a turtle sitting on a fence post, he had help. And that's my life. I've had help to where I'm at today. It's not because I'm so smart or so intellectually knowledgeable about things. I've had help. This is the thing. It's one or two ways. Either you are looking for a blessing or you are looking to bless someone. I'm determined to live in the second half. 
I want to live in the second part of that statement. I'm not just going to be looking for a blessing. I'm going to be looking who, God, where do you want me to bless somebody? Where do you want me to bless? We have to change our mind about money. There's some negative things about money, and we'll, if we have time, we'll get to it today. But you and I have to change our mind about money. Are we living in a world of scarcity? You know, I just told you what the wealth of the world is, but most people think, you know, that there's a scarcity. Is that a word? I don't know what it is, but you know what I mean. More and more people are competing for shares of the dwindling pool of finance, finite resources. That's what everybody thinks. But listen to this. If you viewed, Billy Wayne said this, listen to this. Uh, if you view the world through the lens of scarcity, you tend to be fearful, greedy, and need-oriented. I'm going to say it again. If you view the world through the lens, in other words, everybody has filters, all right? We all have filters. And if your filter is that uh, there's a scarcity on this planet and that's the way we live, he says you're going to be fearful, greedy, or oriented. Need-oriented, sorry. Need-oriented. But according to the Bible, God's plan is that we enjoy abundance. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this, God is able to make all grace, all grace abound to you that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. What, what is an every good deed? What is an every good deed? Well, if you go out to eat with somebody, it would be a good deed if you could buy their, their meal. I mean, we shouldn't have the mentality. Somebody asks us to go out, and you're, you know, you're smiling the whole time. But the whole time you're going, I hope they pay for it. I hope they pay for it. I hope they pay for it. I want to be on the other side. I hope I get to bless them today. I hope I get to bless them. I hope I get to bless them. What is your mentality? I believe this series is going to slap us all upside the head and change the way that we think. Hallelujah. So, abundance. Wilford Peterson said this. I don't know who that is, but I got his quote. Walk with the dreamers, the believers, the courageous, the cheerful, the planners, the doers, the successful people with their heads in the clouds and their feet on the ground, let their spirit ignite a fire within you to leave the world better than where you found it. Woo! God's purpose for wealth is to make a difference, not only on this planet, but in people's lives. It's to make a difference. And you can't have or get, you can't give something that you don't have. Now, some of you all may just be... Like I was in 54 uh, or 2014, seven, I was 54 years old. So all of my life up to that point, I was paycheck to paycheck at 54. So I'm hoping you, the younger people as well as the older people, you get a hold of this and you won't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Because if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if somebody says, oh, man, can you spare $50? No. I'd love to give it to you, but I just don't have it to give. Because you don't have enough to meet your needs after that. I'm just saying, I don't believe that's the will of God. You can disagree with me. I'm just saying the God that I serve. I'm telling you the God that I serve wants you to have an abundance so you're able to give to people and be a blessing to people no matter what the circumstance. And you don't have to sit there, let me pray about it. I need to pray about this. I don't pray about blessing people. 
You think God goes, no, I don't want them blessed. Listen to this quote from Margaret Thatcher. Is Lynn here today? Lynn, you'll get a kick out of this. She's not even a preacher. And I think she had more revelation about money than most preachers. Listen to what she said. Concerning the Good Samaritan's resources. Let me back up. You you remember the story of the Good Samaritan? The Good Samaritan is a story that Jesus told. He said that uh, there was a Jewish man and he was beaten by some robbers and he was left half dead. I mean, he was going to die almost. And so a religious person went by, didn't do anything. A Levite went by, didn't do anything. But a Samaritan went by. Now, Samaritans and Jews didn't get along at all. But the Samaritan stopped, and he saw the, the guy, the Jewish guy that was beaten, left for dead. And he picked him up. He, he dressed his wounds, took care of him. And then he took him to an inn, a hotel. He told the innkeeper, said, I'm going to go on a journey, but I'm going to pay for two nights. You take care of him, and I'll take care of him for two nights. And, but if it's more, when I come back, I'll make it right with you. You got that? Concerning the Good Samaritan's resources, no one would remember the Good Samaritan if he only had good intentions. He had money as well. You didn't get that. Oh, I wish I could bless that person. Oh, I wish I could help you. Do you realize that's good, but it really doesn't help them? Good Samaritan went, you know what? I'll take, I'll do the best I can, but you're on your own because I, I don't have money to put you in a hotel. Even Margaret Thatcher realized that we wouldn't be hearing about that story if, if he just had good intentions. He had money, money, money. He did. And I know, I'm going to say on the negative side, there's been ministers, there's been preachers that have manipulated the, the, the gospel concerning money. There's been manipulation. If you don't give, God's going to curse you. If you don't give, God's going to do this. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, please. Has there been manipulation? Yes. Has there been wrong teaching? Absolutely. Has there been preaching about greed or whatever? Yes, there has. And I remember our church was about six months old. We were at the Holiday Inn, and this couple said, you know, I'm just thankful for this church. You know, we used to go to church, and, and you know, the pastor fell, you know, and, uh, and so we just gave all, you know, we gave to that church too. We gave to that pastor. I'm just so mad. We just gave to that pastor, and, you know, that church doesn't even exist today. I'm just so mad. Well, there's a problem. You shouldn't be given to the church. You shouldn't be given to the pastor. You should be given to God. Your mentality, your heart is, I'm giving this to you, God. And then it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter, but as far as you're concerned, uh, you still are understanding that I gave to the Lord. So what he did with it, that's between him and God. Amen? I believe the more that we understand who God is and your relationship with him, he'll teach you about money. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 6.33 that seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's a well-quoted scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added unto you. 
Seek first God. The Phillips translation, uh, I didn't give him this, but it, it basically says this. Know God. Know God. Set your heart on the kingdom and his goodness, and all these things will come to you as a matter of course. Just know God and his goodness, and he will take care of you. He will. But you got to know God. you got to know God. And again, the, the, the levels that we know God, the more revelation comes to us, the more that we're able to walk in his blessings and his promises because he's not withholding one single thing from us. Not one thing. The Passion Translation 633 says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. God looks at them as being, it's not really that important. But he says, I'll make sure that you get taken care of. What father on this planet, what mother on this planet does not want their children to be well taken care of? What parent says, I'm just going to make sure that you just barely have enough because I don't want you to fall into sin. So I'm just going to make sure you have barely enough, maybe $5 left over. If you want to go to Starbucks every once in a while. Just barely. Just barely. That's been the mentality of the church. God just wants to make sure. You know, he doesn't want you to have too much money because he knows that you, it may cause you to sin. Well, are you saved? I mean, does it take money for you to go out and be a sinner? I think people do it pretty good without money, but this is what I tell people. Money just actually tells you what kind of person you are. If you were stingy and tight and, and just a mean old person before you had money, you're going to be that after you have money. Hallelujah. The Living Bible of Matthew 6 says, basically just says, give him first place in your life. Because listen to me, our Heavenly Father wants you better than just fine. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you doing financially? Uh, I'm just fine. I'm barely making it, but I'm making it. Praise the Lord. Barely making it. Praise the Lord. We always want to slap that on the end. But I'm just saying that's not the heart of God. It really isn't. But if you don't think that's available, if you don't think that's the will of God, then you won't have that faith or that mentality to respond likewise. Are you hearing me? You will not respond. You'll just think, you know what? Bless us for and no more. In reality, that, that's selfish. I just want enough to make sure my family's taken care of. You know, because God knows, you know, I, I, I may get into sin if I have more than that. Well, honey, you need to get a hold of God better. That's all I can say. Do you know God? Do you know God? Do you know God? Because it's the will of your father to have an abundance so you can do good things to people around him. He wants you to be able to do it. I love doing things for people. I was at a gas station one time, and listen, I'm not saying these things to, to pat myself. I'm just saying this is the goodness of my Heavenly Father. There was a, I pulled up to a gas station. I'm pumping in, and, they, and this older woman, not old woman, older woman, pulled up, and she was, and, you know, she was kind of, you know, just seemed like she was struggling, having a hard time. So before she could uh, 
pump, you know, she was just getting out of her vehicle and everything. She was taking the lid off and everything. I walked around there, and I, I put my credit card in there. I said, this one's on me. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. It just wasn't that big a deal to me. But it was a big deal to her. It was a big deal to her. I'm telling you. The Lord wants us to do stuff like that. That may seem such a little thing, but I'm telling you what, it, it, it impacts people. Why did you do that? Well, you know, I just, God wants you to know that he loves you. I don't shove the gospel down. I just, ah, God just wants to know he loves you. He loves you. You're special to him. Most people don't feel that way. Just, I mean, buying somebody's coffee. One time my son, Joel, was with me. We went to Popeye's. Uh, and, I mean, there's been specific times that God says, you do this. There's been times that I love doing it, but there's been times when God says, Mike, I want you to do this. So this guy, he looked like a football player, walks up to, to Popeye's, I mean, to the counter there, you know. And I already ordered and everything. I was waiting. And uh, so he, he was starting ready to order. And so uh, I just reached over the counter and him, the, the lady, my credit card. I said, this is all on me. And the guy turned around and he says, oh, no, 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 wait, wait. He says, we're having a meeting. And I, it, it, there's quite a few people come to this meeting. And then, then, then that's when I went, in the back of my mind, how, how many? <laughs> just, just wanting to know. But I kept smiling. I said, you know what? The Lord told me to do this. I said, no, no, no. I want to do this. I want to bless you today. He said, okay. So he turns around. He starts ordering. And I went. <laughs> he did. He had a meeting. But guess what? This is where he's from. You remember that, Joe? This is where he's from. He was from Praise Assembly. And he was having a meeting with his youth leaders and all these people. And he turns around, and this is why I believe that God wanted me to do that. It was for my son. He turns around to Joel. He says, your daddy hears from God and knows God. You make sure you always listen to him. I could tell my son, you need to listen to me. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but man, when... I'm telling you, God does things like that. We look at the small picture, and God's at the 30,000 view. He says, if you do this, this, it's going to have a ripple effect. You don't know what you do. But if you don't have the money to do it, honey, and you may not, probably, to be honest with you, the majority of people. But I'm telling you, that's why the Bible says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. But you have to have it to be able to give it. And so this is where the teaching has left off in the church that God wants the church to know that I do want you to have it. You've been taught not to have it, but I'm telling you that there's a greater revelation that God wants you to have it so you can be a blessing to the, anybody and around you. My wife and I, we're going to buy somebody a house someday and pay cash for it. You go, oh, I could never do that. Well, then you won't. But I'm telling you, God wants you to buy a car for somebody. God wants you to, to just, not just, I mean, you start off where you're at. If it's a cup of coffee, maybe not even Starbucks. That's too pricey. Maybe you want to <laughs> take them to McDonald's for a cup of coffee. It's $1.50 there. But anyway, no matter what, 
No pun intended, my son works at Starbucks. But anyway, I know how much it costs. So anyway, you start where you can. But this is the thing you say, I'm starting. You leave the place where you're at. You change your mentality where you're at. And you go, this is the lifestyle that I'm going to believe for. I'm going to believe that I can be a blessing. I'm not going to be one of those people that I'm looking to be blessed. I'm looking to be blessed. No, I'm changing and saying, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I am blessing whatever my hand touches because God lives in me. I am supernaturally blessed. And if you start having that mentality, doors will start opening up for you. Money, money is not just going to, supposed to come to you based upon your, where you work, your employer. If you're looking to your employer to supply all of your needs, your God's not going to be very big. I do not look to that. I'm blessed because I, I'm a pastor of this church, but I definitely don't look at this church and meet all my needs. I'd be living paycheck to paycheck. Don't look at your, I don't care if you get paid 25, 35, 50 bucks an hour. You still should not look to your employer as your source. You look to God as your source. And then guess what? There's no, he doesn't go by stock market prices. He doesn't go according to the economy of the United States of America. God is not part of that system. He has his own system, and he can get money to you other than your boss or your employer. He may cause you to be the employer. And I'll just give you a little tidbit. You'll probably never get wealthy working for somebody. That's another lesson, obviously, that I probably need to hit on and just keep moving right along. But I'm just telling you, God wants you blessed. And he wants you to be a blessing. You know, I've always had a desire to... Missionaries have a soft spot in my heart, and so when a missionary goes, oh, we need a vehicle. Well, here's 5,000. Honey, that would not even buy a Volkswagen in Africa. Because just to ship it and get it to where they're at, it could cost, you know, ten to $15,000 just to get it to them. And that's with zero car. That's your, your starting point. But wouldn't it be great? Go pick you out one. Pick out the coolest one you like. Pick out the coolest one you can find. But most church people go, oh, just, you know, I've got a 1978 Plymouth sitting in my garage. There's a reason why it's sitting unless it's fixed up. Cool. Now, I'm all into that. But if it's original, never been touched, Lord help you. Then you need more than jumper cables to get that baby running. But my point is, don't get, we're not looking to give something old, decrepit to people and call that a blessing. No, we want to give the best. I said, we want to give the best. Why? Because we represent the kingdom. We're representing the kingdom. Who are you representing? I mean, some people, the way they give is like Stanford and Son. You know, I mean, like, okay, that was a bad example. That was like... <laughs> 30 years ago, nobody remembers that. They, they ran a junkyard. But anyway, my point is this. We don't want to give junk. We do not want to give junk. We want to give the best. We want to give good stuff. You know, like, you know, I had, I've had the, the, this pair of jeans for 10 years, and I don't need them anymore. There's a reason why you don't need them anymore. You don't need to be giving away that old stuff. You shouldn't even be giving that to the Goodwill. It's called the trash can. 
Let's give good things. Let's represent you. How do you think Jesus wants to be represented? Do you realize that they gambled for Jesus' clothes when he was crucified on the cross? It wasn't because it was holy, holy, holy. I mean, it had holes in it. It was because it was a very expensive robe that had no seam. It was highly expensive. And they gambled for it. He didn't get that at the dollar store. It was good threads. So I'm pretty sure God's not. <laughs> this is going to make some of you just get choked. Just keep chewing it. Eventually go down. This is what I'm telling you. That God is not all getting in a little tissy because somebody's got a, a really nice set of clothes. We're getting educated. We're getting educated. All right. I'll stop there. I got about 15 pages. But we'll stop. But listen to me. You need to hear every message. You do. Because I believe God wants to raise the level. You know, Pueblo is considered, you know, really low-income town. Really low-income town. It's just the mentality. You go to Springs and Denver, you know, they go, oh, yeah, Pueblo is it's a minimum-wage city down there. Well, that can change. But it's going to take people like you and me to change that mentality. Are you hearing me? It's going to take people that can rise up and say, you know, Amazon was started by a guy. Microsoft was started by a guy with a thought and an idea. I'm telling you, God has ideas that have never been touched. And he's waiting for you and me. He's waiting for you and me. But you, you just need to say, okay, spend some time with them saying, okay, God, I have a real strong desire to start a business. I have a real strong desire to start a business. You start talking like that, start praying like that, man, I mean, ooh, store, things to start opening up to you. But you need to change the way that you think. God's waiting on you and me. God, just, I've been, I'm just praying, I'm believing for you to do this. I'm believing for you to do this. God says, I'm believing for you to change the way that you think. I'm believing you to do that. All right, I've gone over. Let's stand. This is going to be good. This is an introduction. All right. Everybody say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Even Jesus had a treasure. When people say, well, Jesus was really poor. Really? If you're poor, you don't really need a treasure. If you're poor, you don't need a treasure. A lot of people just read into things. They say, well, Jesus was poor. He had so much in the money bag that Judas was stealing from him. And the accountant, he had accountants on his board, you know. Matthew was a tax collector, so he knew about money. So there must have been more than just 50 cents in there because if Judas stole 25, I'm pretty sure Matthew would have said, hey, somebody took a quarter from the bag. So that tells me there had to be quite a bit in that bag because the Bible says that Judas, on a regular basis, stole from the bag. Just saying. My point is this. We have such a wrong mentality. And I believe God wants us to have the right relationship, first of all, with him. And he'll start teaching us the right relationship to have with money. I know there's a bunch of scriptures. Oh, people say this. 
The love of money is the root of all evil. Actually, it does not say that. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil. People say money is the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money. And you can have Zippo in your pocket and have that problem. But if you have a, a great relationship with God, God will, will teach you and me. I'll just give you a precursor. How much is too much money? That's different for everybody, but this is the bottom line. When you quit trusting God. You can have $50 in your bank account, and that can happen. <clears throat> Just always trust God. Always keep God in the picture. And guess what? He's not afraid with you to have $10 million, much less $10. If you're looking to God, I added it up one time. If you add up all that, man, that's probably close to $100 million. Let's see, 50 no, 50 60 70 between 80 and 100 million. That, that's, that's, that's a lot of money. It's a lot. I'm just saying what God wants to do. And that's not helping other projects and doing other things for God wants to do a lot of stuff, but he's just waiting on us. There's a lot of hurting people in Pueblo. Maybe there's people hurting here. I'm here to tell you the good news. <clears throat> you know why that... When Jesus preached the gospel, the good news to the poor, listen to the simple thing. Jesus preached the gospel to the poor. What is the good news to a poor person? What is good news to a poor person? Oh, just suffer it out, honey. Don't worry, it's going to get better. How old are you, 20? When you die at age 85, you know, you get to go to heaven. So that's the good news. I'm telling you what, that may be good news, but that ain't, mm-mm. What's good news to a poor person? You don't have to stay poor. How's that for spiritual revelation? What's good news to a sick person? You don't have to live like that. What's good news to anybody that's in a predicament and just terrible thing? The gospel, the good news. We're going to rise up. Amen going to keep going up and keep going up and keep going up and keep going up and we're going to keep blessing and keep blessing and keep blessing and keep blessing to where people in Pueblo is just going to have a ripple effect. It'll change people's lives. It'll change the way that they think about God. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would just help us to receive this today. Our eyes would be open. Our eyes to be open, Father, in the name of Jesus. That money is not evil. There are some evil people doing evil things with money. But God, you want that to be turned around to start doing good. And I pray that it will start with our church people, that our mentality will change, and that we will have such a strong desire and a, the right relationship with money to be a blessing to wherever we go. That we'll be able to have an ear to hear your voice and say, I want you to do this over here. I want you to do that over here. I want you to be a blessing to this ministry. I want you to be a blessing to that. I want you to start a ministry, and you're going to have the finances to do it. Father, we just are believing to have a total mind change when it comes to money. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, there may be some of you out there maybe shaking your head. 
on the inside. But listen, would you just give me a chance and listen to this whole month? And then if you want to disagree, that is fine. And can I just say this? There will come a time when all of you probably in here may disagree about one point or something that I say. Can I just give you some heads up? Don't quit the church or leave the church over that. My wife disagrees with me at least once a week. At least once a week. And we just work it out. We just work it out. We just keep together. Listen, if we stick together, we'll grow through some things. And if you're looking for the perfect church with a perfect pastor, good luck with that. If you're looking for a relationship where they will never say nothing wrong or against what you believe, good luck with that. That's what the mentality of the world is becoming in America right now. Don't anybody say anything different than what I think, because if you do, you're wrong. That was good right there. But anyway. We need to receive our offering. Thank you, Julie. She's flashing it up there. I forget. There's ways to give online. You can go to rmfchurch.org. You can click on or make a check payable to RMFC. You can give cash back in the back or text that amount to 84321. All right. Let's say our scripture together. Psalms 3527. Speaking of God wanting you bless. Psalms 3527. Are you ready? I can. Oh, there we go. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Let's say that one more time. Ready? Who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. That's in the Bible. That's not us saying that. That's your heavenly father saying, I Take pleasure in prospering you. Everybody say, that's my God. That's the kind of God we serve. We serve a God that takes pleasure. He just, when we get money coming in and things happen, he goes, whoa, whoa. He may not do it exactly like that, but he gets happy. He gets happy. So it's time you and I get happy when it comes to believing God. Amen.